Hello and welcome to Shach I'm Bob Carswell, she Robert de Karslachmish. A shame a hat, you say, she was altacher, cause a clear show, Shach In Shach this time, on Shach and Shach and Shaw. Lena Bernavon, filling in a gap that appeared when a bit of last week's programme hit the cutting room floor. It's a bit of a poetic interlude, perhaps, or doggerel nonsense, and perfectly happy to be so. As Tojach Nablina Akademoil, the beginning of the academic year, and Phil Gorn and Annie Kissack look at how the Bunskal Rilrach developed as it starts a new era with the Department of Education, Sport and Culture rather than Munjevega. And the Minister, Dr. Alex Annenson, tells us his thoughts on the new situation. Screw Michon Hach Chiver and Negan Hoods Luon's man, Vakajregich, than Vojin Vora. For William Walter Gill, Ruggich on Spurkin Head. How's to me tickle a herrowen looked tiger cochonltrish man, the yayen anum gill? When Shanna Regger was Birmingham, as Henkin Air Regger was Birmingham's Spurkin Head, Ball Rene Pusa, Ben Egg as a Vretin. Hur moir W.W. Gill bess tren a raueschen och na fecha. As ve courage frist hamult and shanna bretnach ege, ve gavrachel jorish and treeschen, ma kuntaser on stoolish. Having spoken in Shachle last time with author Sarah Goodwins about the iconic Crooks Guriad, the large stone cross in Machild, we were to have had a poem about it, but there wasn't time, so it got cut out. But what wasn't cut out later was Marilyn Krellin mentioning in Manx that we'd heard the poem. Helshin and Dan, yours W.W. Gale. Which we hadn't. We'll hear Sarah Goodwin's briefly describing the Crooks Guriad again, and then we'll hear what there wasn't time for last time. Well, here in the Machel Cross House, which is one of the largest assemblages of the crosses here, we're standing by the Crooks Guriad, which is a very imposing piece, and yet surprisingly simply marked. Indeed, it's actually got some bosses, five bosses on the outside. If you look at it very carefully, there's no cross. The cross is not in size. Your eye fills in the cross. But the bosses indicate that it was um, had quite a lot of connection with the Picts, the Pictish designs of Scotland. And they, they, they're very keen on their... their the, the, the bosses and it's very difficult to do a cross like this because you actually have to remove a lot of stone to, to make the bosses so although it looks very simple it's actually quite a lot of work Sarah mentioned the large bosses on the face of the crooks Guriat and that led W.W. W. Gill the author of the three very interesting Manx scrapbooks to invent his own piece of folklore to account for its existence and its appearance Crux Guriad is Latin for the Cross of Guriad, and Guriad is a Welsh name. It's known that a Welsh prince of the royal house of Gwynedd, called Guriad, took refuge here in the island in about the 830s. Now, whether this cross is connected with that Guriad isn't known. 
But W. W. Gill is having a bit of fun here. He mentions Keelwurra, but rather than John the Priest of Conaydale, he links it with Ewan Christian. Now, Ewan Christian of Lieg was captain of the parish of Mackeld from 1849 to 1872. A little more about him anon. W. W. Gill also gives a glossary in which he mentions that Bretney here means Wales, a Tolovretnach in Manx. He also mentions that the name, Cretney, derives from Machavretnach, the son of the Welshman. And so he has a Welshman here called Guriad Cretney. And Guriad Cretney refers to the Books of the Ferilt, which W. W. Gill describes as certain fabulous Welsh manuscripts on magic. And to show how he brings all these elements together in his poem, he supplies what he calls some biographical notes. St. Mackeld, Nima Cool, he writes, lived in the 5th century. Guriad the Welshman, who carved and signed the cross, lived in the 8th and ninth centuries. Ewan Christian, temperance agitator and exerciser of spirits, lived in the 19th century. How they came to be associated in this affair remains to be ascertained. Christian's tomb may be seen in Machel churchyard, and probably the saint was buried there too. The owl woman is buried in the cross, and Guriad is buried in mystery. Well, I won't say the likes of Preacher here, because at one point he rhymes Preach with Sleech, but it's all very tongue-in-cheek, and this is W. W. Gill's The Legend of the Crooks Guriad, formerly standing, he says, by the roadside above Port of Ullen. That wicked owl woman of Lieg, who would do her spinning on Sunday, St. Mackle denounced as a plague, and promised he'd punish her one day. She cared not a jot for the saint, for his bell, or his book, or his candle. Her ways were a cause of complaint, her breach of the Sabbath a scandal. As he went to Kirk Mackle to preach, he stopped at her porch with his papers, and thundered his curse at the sleech to put the kibosh on her capers. How, then, was his elegance crowned? How prompt her request for his pardon? She picked up the bluggan she'd wound and pelted him out of the garden. As he went to Kilwurra to pray, he called on young Ewan the preacher for a cush with him over his tay, and to see would his butcherach reach her. Young Ewan looked hard at McCool, and the answer he made was a flat one. I'm handy with jowls as a rule, but I'm taking no chances with that one. As he pondered what next he would do, he remembered Al Guriad Cretney, who'd fled with his wife to Falou from the ire of her uncle in Bretney. Al Cretney took thought for a while, and his books of the fairest he fingered, till his features lit up with a smile as over one passage he lingered. This strong-minded lady you name does indeed seem a high-stepping prancer, but if I had to deal with the dame, there's a little thing here that might answer. So a test of his art was arranged, and promptly his punishment found her when he charmed her in Welsh, and she changed to a crosh with four bluggans trimmed round her. The Legend of the Crooks Guriat, a poem by W. W. Gill, having a bit of fun with different elements of Manx history and tradition.
This evening's concert, and I better say that this is Thursday, the 3rd of September, in case you're listening on demand or to the podcast. This evening's concert at 7:45 in St Catherine's Church in Port Erin is being given by the Landu Male Voice Choir. It's free admission with a retiring collection. Looking ahead to next week, on Wednesday, the 9th of September, it'll be the last in the series of acoustic concerts in the Sailor Shelter on the quayside in Peel. As usual, that'll be from 7.30 to 10 o'clock. Entrance is free, but a £5 donation to charity would be very welcome. Teas and coffees are available, or you can bring your own refreshments. And you can also pick up a voucher for a two-for-one chippy deal. Also on Wednesday, the 9th of September, St Thomas's Church in Douglas will be having another in its series of summer concerts, presenting this time the Glen Faber Chorale. The concert begins at 7.45 and admission is free, with a retiring collection in aid of the church. The St. Thomas's concerts will be going on till the end of September, with the last one on what will be the last day of the month. Egeran Tower, the Cunyanem er Golgus Drocha, the Chirnurt, the Yener, the Marki Roar Bri. Ginururtus and Yaster Beg, son Grand Prix Vanin. Yoris Jera Rurtus, ve chit ve dorcha de lur, musker urosh nai pm, as for the Bilgin on Shen Erlie. Esh yinnen shul shis bern a smear, as rich cronk sauri, gus red ridgeway. Dimremi kagisha de henna de raumanant as my name, cummel on Shen, fagus de grotto lords. As erichelvish, Vech show cavil na blina, vai kurt an eerle ons lunin. As mush a trash en yis, as na rortus an roar brie on, as a show cavil er a chelvish, vai kaurach a macht er out jerachit er len sera a taura eg na pechen, les na scallion dunt. Vech lucht an taijin a whirlus on the pechen, de gol back as na scallion rish, as for the de golgus scall na. Back to school has been a common commercial theme for many years, with school uniforms and all sorts of bits of kit and equipment to be bought in time for the new academic year. We heard from Annie Kizik as she retired from the Bunskal Rilgach at the end of last term. Here, she and Phil Gorn reflect on education in general and how the Bunskal Rilgach came about, as they talk to Dolan Mercer. I think um, in the early stages, certainly arranging for ourselves and for interested parents and politicians to actually be able to go to Scotland in particular and observe what was happening in individual schools there um, and talk to educationalists there uh, and actually see the reality of it uh, in a school setting, not just a, a preschool setting. I think that gave people that extra element of confidence they wouldn't have had otherwise. Almost a bit of a bit of proof, you know. Yes. It's more tangible yeah. well, that way, isn't it? I absolutely. Suppose. I mean, I think it's a big trust you give. You know, you give your children to the adults for their education. It's it's there's a huge amount of trust in in, in that. It's 
it's a big risk isn't it of course it is even in any educational setting you you've got to trust those people who have your best interests of your child they're not sort of factionless or sort of obsessive they you know education is always going to be of the utmost importance there um and the language is of the utmost importance but you've got to make sure you're going to sensible people who are going to do sensible things and unless you have that trust and and fundamental um strong relationships i think which applies um, to any schooling of course indeed, I mean, but particularly know. i think in this situation yeah. because um once you've committed to that it is a very it is a big commitment and it's a, a long-term commitment i think um and we were fortunate to have had um parents and and members of staff potential members of staff um who who had made that commitment at the same time i think mm. and and again i suppose you know that that risk element um you know, at the time there was quite a risk to this because uh, it hadn't been done in the isle of man before in fact probably the last time children would have been taught in a primary school uh, setting um through the manx language would be at least 150 years previous to that uh, because of course manx was being stamped out um for for the latter part of the 19th century anyone uh, um find, uh, found speaking manx was was deemed to be uh, um you know worthy of of severe punishment so uh, so yeah so that that um uh, the, the the risk that parents were taking was was quite uh, significant now of course we've got 20 years of of uh, statistics and and you know everything has to be measured these days and checked and tested uh, and indeed no there's no difference at the bun school and uh, you know on average the children at the bun school outperform the children uh, across the island um i think they've outperformed them every year that we've we've had the tests uh, and not just in language. I mean, you could understand perhaps that uh, they would in language because the, the whole uh, idea of speaking more languages means that you're going to have more experience to more ideas in language. But it's also the same in science and maths. And the the, the thinking uh, from the, those who study uh, these things is that um, because your your mind is expanded to think in two different languages instead of just being set in one language uh you're actually thinking around the the, the puzzle uh, with you whether it's a science puzzle or a maths puzzle you're thinking around that from t- from two angles instead of just the one um which makes you more likely to be more successful in maths and science too so so it's uh yeah it you know it's tried and tested now and that's the great thing effectively that uh, is happening on the 1st of September, the department has finally said, yeah, let's take this in-house. This is this should be mainstream. Why are we, why are we, have we got this kind of unique uh, uh, sort of constitutional setup? Uh, this, this should be part of our mainstream system. We'll come to developments in 2020 in just a, just a minute, but you've mentioned that uh, sort of the late 90s, this is gathering some pace then. You've mentioned uh, the establishment of Munjavega and the, 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 the base, if you like, in Braddon, um, when did we now? Na- when did we then see the Bun Skull in its current form, if you like, in in St John's? And when did that kind of take off? Well, it, it set up first of all as a unit at Balacotia, and I think was it was a year at Balacotia. Uh, then um, again, you know, circumstances, everything was shining on us because everything was just happening at the right time. Uh, a new school was being built at St John's, and um, 
the old school, there was a covenant on it um, which required it to be transferred uh, to be used as a heritage centre if it wasn't being used as a school. Um, at the time, the department was rather keen on hanging on to its school buildings because uh, it was having to build more schools because there was quite a, an increase in population at the time. Um, uh, so the last thing they needed was to lose a school. Um, so when we said, well, the, the old school at St John's would be absolutely ideal for us because, you know, in terms of the... Um, I suppose you, you want to link together the sort of cultural icons. Uh, so you've got Tinwald Hill uh, on one side of the road uh, and then, effectively, the Manx language on the other side. It's very and, much become uh, an epicentre, really, hasn't it? And obviously yeah. we now have Culture Vannon neighbouring as exactly. well. Exactly, and, and that was part of the thinking for Culture Vannon moving out there um, as well was to, to sort of create this kind of cultural centre. So so it's a great uh, it was a great location for us. Um, but also it was a, a, just a, a, a unique circumstance whereby the department needed to hang on to the school and we just happened to be looking for a school in the centre of the island. Um, so they said, yeah, you can have that. Um, and uh, so, so we went from Balakotia, I think a year at Balakotia, one term I think it was at the new school in St John's and then we moved into the uh, into the old school, which is the, the existing location for the Bun School. Annie Kizik, who retired at the end of last term from teaching at the Bunskal Gilgach, and Phil Gorn, who, with Chris Sheard, did the initial research and preparation to pave the way for the foundation of Manx Medium Education and has been involved with Munja Vega throughout. However, in this new phase, the Bunskal Gilgach will be coming directly under the aegis of the Department of Education, Sport and Culture. Here's the Minister, Dr Alex Allenson, with his view on the move. One of the funny things about the last Timwald is I had a long speech um, about um, the Bunskol and the importance of it. And actually on, on Timwald Day, went over and had a look round it with some of the people who'd set up the charity in, in the first place. Um, an order was passed without any debate or anything like that, bringing it in to mainstream education. But it will still keep its, its in, independent um, nature, its its own culture. What we're doing is, is actually bringing it into the fold, the, making sure it's fully funded, making sure the staff there have the right contracts in terms of maternity pay, in terms of pensions. It, it is part of education, part of mainstream education, and shall stay as a Manx language school. And actually, with um, organisations like the British Irish Council now, we've I think we have a better appreciation of the importance of culture, particularly Manx culture, particularly Manx language. And the the fact a language has to be a, a living thing. It's not just something that's written down. It has to be spoken. And it has to evolve as, as new words come up in English, so they have to be adapted to, to Manx. And certainly the, the Buns Call is an intrinsic part of that, re, not just regeneration of Manx culture, but that perpetuation of, of Manx language. <laughs> The Minister for Education, Sport and Culture, Dr Alex Allenson. But wasn't this new departure something of a wrench for Munji Vega? Here's Phil Gorn again. We were coming up to a point where we needed to re-tender and uh, we started having a discussion about what the pros and cons of the different options were, whereas I think Probably Munja Vega would have been happy to carry on the way things were. Actually, um, 
the more we, we were discussing with the department was the more we thought, well, actually, making this mainstream wasn't such a bad thing after all. So for the, avo- and, for the avoidance uh, of doubt, it has been very much autonomous and independent, really, until it, this point. It's, well, it's fully funded by the department. It's a department school. Um, but the, in decision-making but and, in terms and, of and curriculum? Or? It, it, establishing the school uh, and making it what it is today, I suppose, required a certain amount of independent thinking. Uh, we do uh, obviously follow the, the, the curriculum that comes out of the 2001 Education Act. Uh, so, you know, we, we do follow the, the Manx curriculum, uh, but... Uh, we are able to adapt it uh, for the unique circumstances that uh, we find ourselves in. So, so yeah, I, I think uh, from a language perspective, this is a rather a good thing that uh, the department is saying. Yeah, this is this is mainstream. This this sh- uh, doesn't need to be out on the limb. It, it should be part of the the whole body of uh, education on the island. So, presumably, the main pro from the point of view of the organisation, is a bit of security, perhaps. Is that fair, do you think? Yeah, yes. I mean, I, I think we were always, we always felt reasonably secure, but, uh, yeah, when you aren't mainstream, particularly at, at times when when government is looking at uh, budgets and wondering whether it can continue to afford to do all the things it, 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 it currently does, um, something that's not mainstream um, could, could become a target. Has um, it been perceived as a... Maybe like a luxury thing or something, perhaps? Um, I think some people have thought of it that way. But in, in essence, uh, it's no different to any of the other small schools. I think there's about five uh, small schools on the island. Some years, uh, be- because of the nature of small schools, it's difficult to, to, to balance intake with pupils leaving. Phil Gorn. And what of the future? Dolan Mercer put an idea to Dr Allenson. It's a normal school, but actually, and unless you know Manx Gaelic, you might be a bit lost at the back of the class um, to begin with, but you'll learn quickly. It's a very, very good school. It provides excellent teaching, and in terms of attainment and testing those pupils, I know from experience, you know, meeting them later on in life, when they go into other schools that are taught mainly in English, those um, young people have got a, a slightly different outlook because of the foundations they've learned at the Bun School. And we do have an awful lot of those people now, of course. Yep. Um, we've mentioned it's, uh, it was established 19 years ago, so you've had several cohorts of young people who have progressed through. How about the provision when it comes to secondary school? Uh, is Is that something that's being looked at? Is the department aware of perhaps what happens next to the Manx language at that stage? Yep. I think that's a very good question. We do have that progression to go on and, and do A-levels in, in, in Manx Gaelic and do further studies in terms of Manx culture. People aren't necessarily encouraged to do that or directed into it. It's a personal passion. I think you're, you're quite right that in, in the future as we look to expand aspects of the curriculum and expand the range of opportunities, then having options of Manx Gaelic and Manx culture are very important. You're talking about taking Manx as a subject really at secondary school which is what's available now we don't have immersion education in Manx Gaelic at secondary level is that something you could ever foresee is that is that just too far away I, I think you'd need that passion that, that actually founded the Bond School in the, in the first place and, and it's very hard to create that 
I think it needs to happen organically. But what I've seen certainly over the last couple of years is people becoming much more passionate about Manx culture, particularly Manx dance and Manx music, putting that on the world stage. And I'd hope that on the back of that, people would get far more involved in, in the Manx language. And certainly pupils in secondary schools, if they wanted to start up a Manx language club, in the same way as they start up folk groups, to actually perpetuate that and develop that further, I'd be very supportive of that. Dr Alex Allenson, Minister for Education, Sport and Culture, and the possibility, perhaps, of a Skolerd Gilgach, a Manx Medium Secondary School, if there's the passion for it. That's it from this edition of Shachley. But you can join us again next Thursday. Until then, from me, Bob Carswell, Derren Tresh, Von Pien, Robert de Karslach, Sledd New. <laughs>